It's a movement, but it's about people. Be the People is about we the people joining forces to reclaim and reshape the best of our nation's time-treasured traditions. Each week, we offer insightful interviews with movers and shakers from all different spheres of life. And now, please welcome Dr. Carol Swain. Welcome to the Be The People Show. If you are like me, you are very concerned about America's future, and in particular, the November election. There are so many things taking place in our country that have caused many of us to wonder if we will truly know who the president is on election day and whether or not the election will be stolen. If we listen to Democrats, we will hear them say that the Republicans are going to steal the election. And I believe that Republicans, like myself, we're very concerned that with the mail-in ballots, the Democrats have that intention. And there's some data and research to suggest that we have good cause to worry. So today's show will focus on a number of issues. We will talk about election day and whether or not we will have a result uh, within a reasonable time. We also discuss vaccine trials and also public opinion polls, just how reliable or unreliable are the polls. Joining me today to make sense of this crazy world that we are experiencing in this generation is Malcolm. Malcolm is with the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network, and he's the host of Voice of a Nation and Viewpoint this Sunday. And Malcolm has been a guest on Be the People before. And so it's with great pleasure that I welcome my friend, Malcolm, to the Be the People show. Carol, it's always great to be with you. So Malcolm, I know that you follow these issues uh, as closely as I do, and you talk about them every day, will we have an election result on election day? Will we know who the next president is? Well, you know, up until the past week, I thought we would have known that, Carol. I was, I was going along. Listen, there were a lot of telltale signs that there were problems, but I really wasn't subscribing to it or buying into the theory that, listen, this wouldn't just be another election. And although we've been, there's been a lot of hype about this election, far more than I recall other ones, and there's a lot of uh, uncertainty and people are a little uncomfortable. There's just something different this time around. I think everybody listening knows what I'm talking about. And so uh, if, if, uh, if this question was you know, posed to me even a couple of weeks ago, uh, I would have believed that uh, it would be fine. But the more I'm seeing the evidence now and the way things are stacking up, I, I think they've been laying the seeds, the, the, the socialist left, uh, to do some things now. And I think it's pretty clear as day that uh, this is how they operate, Carol. And, uh, and I think they're prepared now. Listen, you just watched that video. If you didn't see that video with Hillary Clinton the other day, oh my golly, did she come right out? And she said, he should, she said, Joe Biden should not, not give in at all. She, he should just keep fighting for the election. In other words, just keep fighting until they win the election, no matter who wins it. He, he shouldn't concede whatsoever. I don't know if you've seen that, but it was quite striking. And this is what a lot of these Democrat leaders are thinking these days. They, they don't want to give in no matter what. So I, I think we're in for uh, trouble here. 
quite I frankly. think we're in for trouble because they know that they are poised to lose the election. Most of us believe, and I, I would say that would include a lot of liberals, that President Trump will win by a landslide because of all the chaos that's taking place in our nation at this point in time. Yeah, and you, and you have to ask, where's all that chaos coming from? Uh, where's all that, you know, they say it's dark. It's not, you know, the, that's what the Democrats were speaking about at the DNC, about lightness and darkness. Well, who created the darkness in all America's cities? And who created the darkness with this lockdown pandemic business from China? I mean, that's what you have to ask yourself. What's interesting, Carol, is this, and I think we've, we've got to really get into this and let listeners know that this report coming out of Axios and Bloomberg here, it's very fascinating now. And the Democrat group, you've heard of Hawkfish, right? Hawkfish headquarters. Yes, I have. Yeah. All right. So Hawkfish is, they're, they're an analytics firm. They're a Democrat firm for listeners that may not know that. And uh, so they came out and they, they just, I mean, full throttle, full daylight here and said, well, we think that Trump is going to win by a landslide, uh, as you just said, Carol, on election evening, or that's what it will show as, but the Democrats are going to be counting votes days and days after that, and they're not going to let the election go, and they're going to, the, the, the point is they're going to steal the election or try to steal it or try to do it, and then you hear these people like Hillary Clinton come out and say, yeah, yeah, we're not going to concede, that Biden should never concede no matter what, and eventually the Republicans will give up. You know, that actually makes me a little nervous It was if it wasn't for Trump in there, Carol, because mostly Republicans do acquiesce to the left. The right does that all the time to a sickening point. But Trump is a different kind of character. I don't see him acquiescing to the left. Do you? No, but Malcolm, given that we know that playbook and they've been very clear about their intentions, doesn't that give us an opportunity to thwart their plans before they actually are put into motion. And I realized that the early uh, voting, the mail-in ballots have already gone out in North Carolina Mm -hmm. and people will be voting. But a lot of those uh, people who cast ballots, they will be ballots that will be thrown out or should be thrown out because they would be um, uh, inaccurate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you bring up a great point. And I think I think we're trying to do that. And I believe the president has been doing that, quite frankly, he's been speaking out about this for some time. Uh, He's seen what was coming. You remember, the president knows far more than he's letting on, Carol. Yeah, he knows a lot more than what he can say in public. And we are in the process of some uh, unprecedented events in, in our country. And I'll go one step further. And listen, I think you know that I'm a, I'm a practical uh, commentator. I'm not a conspiracy guy. I've never been in my life. I, I just don't play those games. But I will say to you, this one has me concerned. And I do believe, looking at all the evidence and everything I see, I think that uh, we're, we're going to be in for some surprises. And it will happen after the election. There's going to be civil unrest in this country like we haven't seen before, is what I hate to say. You think it's going to surpass what's already happening? I do. I do. I think because of that victory, and if there's a confrontation with the election and all the attorneys involved, that's going to be real ugly on top of all that. But they're not going to let go. I mean, they are really bent on getting Trump out there, and they're really bent on uh, really this Marxist move that's been in motion now to take down our country or at least take it over. I mean, you're seeing that play out here uh, in so many ways, Carol. So, but I'm, I'm worried this time around. I, and I hate to say this. I, it's not something I enjoy saying. 
Well, when you talk about conspiracy theories, conspiracy theorists, uh, I see that as a way that the political left uses to shut down conservatives when they get too close to the truth. They dismiss people, you're conspiracy theorists, and to me, that's an indicator that you own to something. Yeah, they, they do do that. You're exactly right. Uh, well, you have extremists on both, both parties, on the left and the right. I mean, there's lunatics on both sides and crazy people, uh, clearly. And uh, so, but they do do that, and they, they use that in such a way. Let me read you um, this quote, Carol, right out of um, the report here on this election from that group, Hawkfish. Listen to this. This is from the CEO now okay. uh, of Hawkfish. And he says this, when every legitimate vote is tallied, and we get to the final day, which will be someday after election day, we don't know when, but someday, he says, it will in fact show that what happened on election night was exactly that, a mirage. It looked like Donald Trump was in the lead and fundamentally uh, was not when every ballot gets counted. He's saying we are sounding an alarm in saying that this is a very real possibility that the data is going to show on election night an incredible victory for Donald Trump. But then what they're gonna do, you know, as Democrats have done before, Carol, what they do is once they know the playbook and they know how many votes they need as they were doing in California in 2018 and they did in so many areas, then they work to get those votes and they find them in card trunks and they find them in mailboxes and they find them in other areas. This is the problem we're gonna be dealing with after the third. Well, I actually don't think that the Republicans did a very good job of challenging the Democrats and holding them accountable for what they did in 2018 with the ballot harvesting. Uh, It's very clear that they have taken absentee ballots far beyond what they were intended to achieve for people who had legitimate reasons for being unable to appear at the polls in person. Well, listen, you know, the absentee voting is a beautiful thing and it's very real. I mean, if you request a, a, a ballot from your state and you're allowed to do that and you get it, I mean, that's perfectly legit. And that, that is, uh, that's a beautiful thing. Absentee voting is wonderful, which is really vote by mail in, in essence. But what they're doing and what they're already doing multiple states now, and they're pushing it through in the courts and other states is they're trying, everybody understands what I'm talking about, I hope, but they're blanketing the state by sending them out to, I mean, everybody. When I say everybody, I'm talking about people that are dead. So they got to send them to funeral homes and what have you. But I mean, people that are not here anymore, uh, voter rolls that are not accurate, multiple things. And this has already shown that many of these ballots end up in trash cans and behind buildings. Well, if somebody is willing to go next door as they do an election and take somebody's sign off a front yard, which they do all the time in elections, they take the, uh, com- the opponent's sign down, right? You've seen that happen many times. I had many signs stolen when I ran for mayor. And See, you not know cheap. that. Yeah, you know that. You've seen it. But think about it in those terms. If they're willing to do that, Why do you think they won't be willing to go ahead and get those ballots that are just hanging around or go into someone's mailbox and grab the ballots, sign them and fill them and send them in and see, and this is what they're hoping for. We've already had that done in the past. So we know that they, there are people who are quite willing to do that. And some of them are serving jail terms because of that. Yeah. When you look at the evidence, it really comes down to why not try to win an election fair and square? You know, why not try to win it fair and square? I mean, 
you know, well, maybe because they can't. So then you ask yourself, well, what have they been doing over the last many years? Well, they're, they're doing all this, you know, trying to keep walls down and having illegal immigration come in and sanctuary cities and supporting the criminal, uh, it, you know, intent in our nation. And then you ask yourself, well, but why don't they just try to win it fair? Well, because their policies are horrible. Well, it's not only that. A lot of their uh, supporters actually don't turn out to vote. And so if they didn't cheat, uh, a great they would point. have far, far fewer people uh, supporting them. They're not incentivized. And, but, you know, let's face it. Right. When, you, when you're trying to go to the lowest possible denominator, and I, I know this doesn't always come off right, but when you're given everything for free and you're not encouraging people to get out and work for a living, and that's your voter role or a good part of it, and you brag about that, but then it really becomes the party of the elites. It's not the party of the middle class. So it's the party, of, which is really, in essence, what socialism is all about, Carol. It's the elites and it's everybody else. There is no middle class. So think about it. Where's the middle class? Well, the middle class is on the right in the conservative Republican movement. They're not on the left. This has been a joke that they've done here. Well, I want our listeners to know that uh, it's game on that North Carolina has mailed 618,000 ballots to voters who requested them. And these ballots have gone out, even though we've not had one presidential debate. The first presidential debate is scheduled for September 29th. Mm -hmm. And the first vice presidential debate, or the only one, will be October 7th. So it's game on. People will be voting with incomplete information about the two candidates. And I guess a number of people have already made up their minds. But once you vote, you can't take that vote back. Information may come forward that might cause you to wish you could take it back. But I think that we've made a serious mistake of allowing this to happen. And also the early voting that allows people to vote so far in advance of an election. Well, let's be clear, though. The president has spoken out about this many, many times, and he has requested the fourth debate or moving the debate earlier, either create another debate or move one earlier. Uh, I wish they would do the early, move one earlier or create a new debate, do add a fourth presidential debate. And Carol, if they would do that like next week or the week after, I will be happy and thrilled to moderate it for them. I'd be thrilled. Okay. You're on record saying that. We're going to take a break. And when we return, I would like to talk about the coronavirus and the vaccine trials. Be the People is sponsored by Cooper Steel, a family-owned business that provides the steel fabrications for buildings across the Southeast. Sixty years ago, Kenneth and Faye Cooper founded the company in Chevyville, Tennessee, what started as a vision is now a nationally recognized company that remains true to its founders' Judeo-Christian values and principles. Cooper Steel is committed to excellence, responsibility, and community. Its motto is build strong, stand strong. It treats its employees and customers like family. Learn more at coopersteel.com. What if there was a book that took the mystery out of prayer, one that made it easier for people to pray God's Word with miraculous results? There is such a book, Joy Lamb's The Sword of the Spirit, The Word of God is a handbook that has changed the lives of thousands of people around the world. You can order your life-changing copy from Joy Lamb's website, thesswordofthespiritbook.com. 
order Joy's book and listen to her audio prayers while you're there. Spreading the out loud truth from sea to shining sea. AmericaOutloud.com is the voice of liberty and justice for all. This is not a fight of Republican versus Democrat. It's not a fight of rich versus poor, old versus young, man versus woman, gay versus straight. It's not a fight of black lives, blue lives, Hispanic lives, or white lives. This is a battle of good versus evil. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. We are the vision of the voices, America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm back with my guest, Malcolm, the host of Voice of a Nation and Viewpoint Sunday and the publisher of America Out Loud. Malcolm, I know that your platform has published an article about vaccines and how these vaccines are not really tested in the way they should be, and they're being rushed in a way that could be detrimental to people's health. Yeah, so what's happened is, yeah, they're, they're not having that those third trials, but Right now, we're talking big money is involved here. We're talking billions and billions and billions of dollars. And they're trying to, this is about rushing to market. The problem is these things have not been fully tested. And listen, there's a history of this. I mean, you know, the history of Bill Gates with vaccines. I mean, how many people died from that? So the question becomes, how many people are going to be safe and secure to want to have a vaccine? I mean, I will not take one under any conditions. But then there are some people saying in some states or some areas, Carol, what they're going to try to do is uh, hold back various incentives or penalize people uh, for not taking the vaccine. I even heard reports where they are going to try to not let you travel. If you, now, I don't know how true any of this is, what I just said. Don't, I've heard the be, same thing. Okay, and all right. One of the concerns that I have is yeah. if you work in the healthcare industry to keep your job, and they've yeah. been doing this for a while, they force people to take vaccines. And these vaccines uh, are not tested in a way that you know for certain that they're going to be safe. And there's also the added issue that the vaccine manufacturers have been granted blanket immunity by Congress, which means you can't sue them if you're injured. Well, one of my concerns has to do with uh, President Trump and his desire to have a vaccine by, I believe, November 1st. And it looks like there's no way that could happen and Americans' safety be protected at the same time, unless I'm missing something. No, I, I think he sees it as an election issue. And I think he sees it as a comfort zone for Americans. The president is an optimist. Uh, and a lot of times with the left, that gets him into trouble because they don't really want an optimist. And he always goes that way. But I think it's become a, a campaign issue because they're using the pandemic as they've done from the beginning, Carol, as an election issue uh, by calling out the president and all these things. It's not under control. People are dying. I think the biggest thing people have to realize right now, and let's not forget to tell them, Carol, 
the CDC just came out days ago in this last week and reported very clearly that like 190,000. Now you got to remember when we went into this thing, we were pro we were assured there would be north of a couple of million people dead from this coronavirus that nobody understood. Could be upwards between two and 20 million. I mean, this is why they suggested the lockdown and taken the unprecedented steps that we took in this country. And there's every well, indication that that was being pushed as part of their political and financial agenda. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that they ever believed that that would actually occur. Yeah, I think you're right. I, this has been a setup. I don't have a good feeling about this. And, I, and I, again, I hate to say what I'm saying here. Believe me, I don't, I don't uh, like any of this. So don't leave this conversation thinking I'm uh, trying to spin bad news because I'm not. I'm an optimist for America, always. But this worries me uh, because what, what they've done is, let's be sure everybody understands the numbers. Out of that roughly, and the numbers vary every day, but let's just call it around approximately, they're saying about 190,000 people dead. So what's happened here though, the CDC reports that only 6% of those deaths they can say are really COVID related, 94 four percent had other multiple conditions and we're talking carol multiple conditions meaning not just one ailment two three ailments in other words some of these people were so sickly which is what they said in the beginning which is what they should have done in the beginning quarantine the ill the sick people and the really elderly you, you don't quarantine the rest of the world this was really uh, very silly and ignorant at best and it was very bad advice from fauci burks Frickin' frack there, and the rest of them. And we know that Sweden and I get, I believe Switzerland, they did not react like the rest of the world. And as a consequence, their economies have fared better. And they have, you know, herd immunity. They are not um, living their lives in fear the way that many people are in the United States and in other parts of the world. See, that's the other thing. You just said it right there. Nobody understands. I've been saying from the beginning, herd immunity. If we don't get herd immunity, we're never going to get to the other side. Everyone has to understand that. If we're all running around in lockdown mode, we're never going to get to the other side. This thing has got to sweep through. Once that genie has come out of the bottle and China did what they did to the world and to the U.S., it has got to run its course. And that's the way it is. And any virus we've ever dealt with, we've dealt with it in such a way. And people do die, but people die from these, listen, Carol, people die from influenza every year, far more that died from this virus. I mean, just influenza and really sick here, what's happened. This has been weaponized. Let's just use the word weaponized because this virus has been weaponized from day one and it's been done for political reasons and here we are, so. And there's a stark difference in the way Democrats and Republicans, in most cases, the governors and mayors have handled the disease. Uh, here in Nashville, where I believe we've had 44 deaths, we have um, not resumed life as normal. We have mandatory mass requirements. And the mayor just recently announced that he's thinking about deputizing city employees to issue citations. And I think the reason he's going to deputize city employees who are Democrats and the people who are not wearing masks, a lot of them are Republicans, is because the police are busy. They're probably not handing out enough citations for him. Yeah, that could very well be. They're losing money hand over fist. 
Uh, he is really turning into quite the little Nazi out there in Nashville, isn't he? He has, uh, and our city, it's going to take years before it mm-hmm. gets back to normal. We've made a series of bad decisions, but the worst decision was electing, you mm-hmm. know, Mayor Cooper as mayor uh, because he almost immediately pushed, and we have uh, passed a 34% property tax increase. And that, that did get passed, been, right? That did get passed? It did pass. It was passed by city council, mm-hmm. but there is a charter amendment effort to get a ballot initiative. And if we can get enough people to vote in favor of the ballot initiative in December, we can repeal the tax increase. Think about how different Nashville would be right now, Carol, or how it would look if it would have been Mayor Carol Swain. You know, how different it would have looked out there to have conservative leadership in that great city. And this is the problem we're having in so many of our cities. This is one of the stories that makes me, um, well, angry on one side, but incredibly sad for our nation because there is no Make America Great Again, Carol, without great American cities. Well, I tell you that our Constitution is at risk as well as our way of life. And it seems to me that the Democratic Party, they have stoked, you know, the, the racial unrest in America. And I don't believe they can control it because right now it's hurting them at the polls. And if they could control it, they would tell people to quiet down and lay low until after the election. But they are not able to control the mobs that they have created. Yeah. Well, look, look at what's happening to our cities now and our markets, um, you know, from uh, sea to shining sea. Uh, and the seas are not shining right this moment here. We're in a bad case right now. We're in a bad way, America is. And I, I think everybody out there can feel the edginess of the moment. And, uh, you know, ultimately is very, very concerning to people here. We've got to get to action here, which is what you said a little bit earlier here. We've got to be able to strike back here and be ready and this is really the, the rallying call to all patriots out there, all people who love their country and love our beautiful nation. We're going to have to rise. Uh, we the people. This Remember, this always comes back to we the people. So we, we have to be optimistic, even in these dire times, Carol. We have to be optimistic and we have to push together as, as conservatives, as good, uh, uh, good stewards of our nation and to restore our founder's vision of this beautiful nation here. It, it's time. We're going to have to you know, pull together to make this happen. You are absolutely right. And you've taken part of my closing because in this show, Be the People, we we always issue a call to the we the people in the preamble of the Constitution to stand up and be the people. Be the people who reclaim your nation, who defend your way of life. Now or never, we stand or fall together. So thank you for listening today. You can learn more about Malcolm by going to the America Out Loud Network, and you can tune in to his shows, Voice of a Nation and Viewpoint This Sunday. 